Welcome to the Koji Podcast, episode 12. I'm your host, Joshua Spinoza, and I'm with my co-host, Saul Spinoza. Today is going to be about our rule of life, prayer. Not penance, but prayer. We're going to be talking about what is prayer, what prayer is not, and let's get into it. Introduction to prayer. Prayer is the second element of our rule of life. We have seen that penance separates us from the world and from temptation. Prayer unites us to God, and for that reason, prayer is absolutely essential to the spiritual life. So much so that without prayer, there can be no spirituality. Okay, okay so so even though we talked about prayer in the last podcast, it, we were talking about more of the penitential aspect of prayer. Yeah. And we're, we're going to be talking about more about what prayer is, like he said, and what prayer is not. Yeah. And different ways we can excel in prayer, because that's in the rule of life, prayer, and how important it is. Yeah. What is prayer? Prayer is not in itself a complicated thing. St. Teresa of Avila, one of the church's great teachers of prayer, tells us that prayer is simply the raising of the mind and heart in loving conversation with God. <laughs> Contemplative prayer or ration mental, in my opinion, is nothing else than a close sharing between friends. It means taking time frequently to be alone with him who we know loves us. From Saint Teresa of Jesus, the book of her life. To this we may add the definition of Saint John Damascene. Quote Prayer is the raising of one minds and one's mind and heart to God or the re- requesting of good things from God. End quote. From this definition, we learn that prayer makes use of the mind and heart, that is the intellect and will, to communicate with God. In other words, prayer is an an action produced from our spiritual faculties, the same faculties we use to think and communicate in our ordinary lives. What prayer is not. Now that we know what prayer is, we should be aware of false notions of prayer. The Catechism teaches, and I quote, in the battle of prayer, we must face ourselves and around us erroneous notions of prayer. Some people view prayer as a simple psychological activity, others as an effort of concentration to reach a mental void. Still others reduce prayer to ritual words and postures. So, Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 2726. So, um, prayer is not only just something in the mind it's not just something that helps us be more focused or yeah. be more concentrated but it's really it's spiritual it's something to get closer to god a conversation with god to grow holier and holier each day so that we may in the end reach heaven so just to keep it basic prayer is just communicating with god now prayer is not self-improvement or positive thinking much is written today about meditation as a means of self-help. It is taught that by concentrating one's thoughts on the present moment and keeping one's mind free from preoccupations about the future or the past, we can cultivate interior peace or avoid stress. Other forms of meditation deriving from Buddhism and Hinduism attempt to achieve interior peace by the stilling of all thoughts entirely. Not that the Christian does not seek peace also, but we recognize that peace comes through conformity of our mind and heart with God. So, like I just said, the ends of prayer and what it basically is not it's not to self improve or just have positive thinking so we could you know yeah. just get through life through hard those hard situations or whatever. But and it's not it's not how like the Buddhists or the Hindus believe it, where they're like meditate thirty minutes a day and you will achieve inter inner interior peace or inner peace and be one with the universe or anything. Yeah, it's not that. Like, you're not going to be one, one with the universe. Sorry, bro. (laughs) No, you're supposed to be raising your mind and heart to God. So, it's just to grow holier and to be closer to God. Um, Obviously, some, a lot of times, God will give those consolations. You know, like the saints, they were, 
obviously they felt some peace in their prayers and you know we could too from our prayers but that's not what it's about it's not about it's not about the feeling the feeling sometimes the consolation may help us but it's not really it's not it's not the the reason that's not the reason why we do prayer consolation sometimes god gives us consolation so that we can so we're motivated to start you know to start praying and start doing this and that but it's not that's not what it's about we have to worship the god of consolations not the consolations of god let's continue <clears throat> Catholics, as well, must avoid the mistake of thinking that true prayer consists in simply reciting prescribed words without devotion or in the posture we assume. What makes prayer effective before God is the sincerity with which we pray. Moreover, prayer must not be confused with feelings of inspiration aroused by us by sacred music or an art or by a good sermon. Such forms of meditation or feelings of inspiration do not agree with our definitions of prayer as a loving conversation with God, because there is no other object of their effort than their mind of itself. Moreover, Christian prayer is an effort exerted by the mind and the heart, whereas these other forms of meditation attempt to. So, like, prayer isn't just saying um, the correct words. That's not all. Although that is part of, that is prayer. But it's not really prayer if you don't actually mean what you say. You're not. You're not even. You're not even. You're not even paying attention to what you're even saying. Yeah, and also don't mistake. So it says devotion, like you were saying. We must have. So that's what you showed it meant, right? Like yeah. devotion, devotion. To have a devotion to truly will to be uh, more holy and and more closer to God. But devotion does not mean feeling like you like feeling yeah, it like mean... you wanted to pray or feel or you feel the mystery of the rosary yeah. somehow no that's not what it is yeah like what um what's it called the only way to be devote devoted is that you believe these mysteries you meditate on the mysteries of Jesus when he's so, on the cross and you know that way you you feel you're more devoted you're more you're paying attention to the conversation you're having with God it's not only the mere recitation you know, reciting of the words of the Hail Mary or Our Father. It's the, the devotion that goes with it that truly makes it a prayer. So, well, yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, because meditating is basically just, just saying here that um, just basically thinking about holy events, about how much pain Christ endured. You think, what if I were in Christ's place? Like, yeah, just how much it would feel to be nailed to the cross how much you feel to be spat at by people, yelled at, and carrying a big splintery cross. You got splinters and right here, everywhere. So yeah, don't get confused. Meditation. We're not talking about like um, yeah, we're not um talking about that. or whatever you know, doing crisscross episodes. No, we're talking about Christian meditation, Catholic meditation, the meditation that that the saints practiced. So it's just thinking about holy things, like you said, about holy, holy events, holy people. Holy. Yeah, it's holy. <laughs> yeah, because once you you fill your mind with uh, with holy objects, holy people, holy events, holy things, of, you fill your mind with God. Ultimately, then the devil is gonna have a hard time tempting you. You know, that's yeah. why we said in yeah. the last podcast, you gotta reduce. You know, you gotta moderate your social media and things like that. Even though they can be good in themselves. Um, the devil uses those things to distract us in our prayer. If we do more meditation, we're focused more on God. The holy thoughts will come to our mind instead of impure or just thoughts of the world, you know? Anyways, so number two, the four ends of prayer. So there are four ends. So it's adoration, contrition, thanksgiving, and supplication or petition. They're the same thing. So um, you could put it into an acronym. So, acts, acts, you know, A C T S. So you could remember acts. A adoration, C contrition, T thanksgiving, and S supplication. So, anyways, adoration. Since the earliest times, the tradition of the church lists four ends or purposes of prayer. The first of these is adoration. Concerning this most fundamental purpose of prayer, the Catechism says, "Quote." Adoration is the first attitude of man acknowledging that he is a creature before his creator. It exalts the greatness of the Lord who made us and the almighty power of the Savior who sets us free from evil. 
adoration is homage, homage of the spirit to the king of glory. Respectful silence in the presence of the ever greater God. Adoration of the thrice holy and sovereign God of love blends with humility and gives assurance to our supplications. So, end quote. Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 2628. Okay, so, so, so like, it says, let me... I'll repeat that as we, at the beginning. Since the earliest times, the tradition of the church lists four ends or purposes of prayer. So this is like with a lot of other topics that we've been talking about way back when. We're trad. We're trad here. But anyways, remember, tradition, trads, so traditional, which means that we, like all Catholics should... We love the traditions of the church. That's just what it is. Yeah. So some people think that traditional might mean like, ah, the Pope is not the Pope or um, whatever, you know, things like that. Like, you know what I mean? But no, what, the I think the purest form of tradition, traditional or trad, it just, you love the tradition of the church. All Catholics should love the traditions yeah. of the church. This is, I mean, this is basic. The Catholic church has tradition and scripture. What's tradition? Because a lot of people are, some people, I mean, well, now people are more attracted to traditional circles, but the things that a lot of people, a lot of people that talk on YouTube and stuff like that, they sort of dispel people from coming to, the, to become traditional, like, because they're like, the Pope is not the Pope, or the mass isn't, the or Novus Ordo Mass isn't valid, or things like that, you know? Obviously, I believe that the, I mean, the, Honestly, the Latin Mass is more reverent, has more prayers, it has, you know, everything's, you know, for the greater glory of God, you know? Well, yeah, Obviously, the Latin, the Novus Ordo is still valid, but... It's it's better to go... But to when, once you teach people, oh, it's okay to take communion in the hand, it's okay to, you know, you know, do a bunch of things, sing weird songs, you know? They're not reverent. Once you take out the reverence, people... They start seeing the importance of being serious with God, you know? That's why it's important to love the traditions of the church, love the reverence. Always, we must be reverent with God. Yeah. Obviously, us humans, we, can, we can't do anything that's fit for, fit fit for com God. Like, but, completely. But we can at least try to try do our, our best. We can do our best to be reverent. Um, obviously, Gregorian chants, you know, do ad orientum. Communing on the tongue, things like that. That's you know, that's the most reverent we can do. I mean, so I, anyways, yeah, continuing. But, so number two, Thanksgiving. Number two, Thanksgiving. Through the prayer of Thanksgiving, we recognize our utter indebtedness to God for all we have. The Catechism teaches, quote, every event can and need can become an offering of Thanksgiving. The letters of Saint Paul often begin and end with Thanksgiving. And the Lord Jesus is always present in it. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 2638. Even in hard times, we must give thanks to God. We know that everything comes from the hands of our loving Father. Our disappointments, our tragedies, the losses that cut us to the heart, even these moments are not given to us to harm us, but for a motive that only God knows. By accepting them with gratitude, we are sure to receive blessings. Think of the martyrs who thanked God for the privilege they received to give their lives for Him. So we must be thankful in everything. 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 For God. Like he even said, the martyrs, um, like if you read in Acts, uh, the book of the Bible, Acts, that's after the Gospels, you'll see that these there are people who are being scourged and being um, punished by the pagan Romans for being Christian, for being Catholic. You know, they're suffering a lot, and they're, they're like, so happy. They're thanking God that they were able to, su to suffer a sacrifice so they can offer it for God. I mean, that's, that's awesome. It says even martyrs thank God for the privilege to offer their lives for Him. Yeah. To offer for their life for Him. So, look, guys, that's... Um, we need to be thankful in everything. It's a very important. So that's why this is what, the second end of prayer, Thanksgiving. Now continuing, 
Number three, petition. Petition means to ask. Petition is simply prayer that asks for some favor of God. It is the most common form of prayer because we are utterly dependent on our Heavenly Father for all things. It is not offensive to God that we pray constantly for our needs and those of others because He knows better than we do how little we can do without Him. The principal object of our petitions is the coming of the kingdom of God. It is the first petition in their Father. So, yeah, petition, obviously, we all ask for things when we pray, right? Because God will, you know, He grants His blessings, grants His things, but He alone decides how He will answer us. So, it'll be either a yes, it'll be a no, or... I mean, obviously, but we don't know, you know? Yeah. It'll be a yes or no, or it'll be something that we didn't even expect, but it it did answer our prayer. Something like, um, not yet, or God just hasn't given an answer yet. Yeah. Yeah, so don't expect it right away. It can also be like an intercession, you know? Something that we request from God for others, but not ourselves. We have the power to intercede for others because through the grace we share in the mediatorship of Christ, the one mediator between God and man, um, we can constantly intercede for all the faithful, all of us around here. Our Lady has asked us in our apparitions to pray for everyone, for the conversion of sinners. Um, intercession is also, it's a petition, you know, too. And <clears throat> so we we all do it. We all ask yeah. for God for things because it's important to ask God for things. But God will answer us different ways. and Because sometimes it might be a bad thing that we're asking for. Or it might just not be in God's will. Or it's okay. You know, God will do it. But probably sometimes in a different time. But... We also got to remember, we always got to remember this little thing. God doesn't owe anything to us. He doesn't yeah. owe, owe us anything. We got to be in that humble. We got to be humble when we ask for God things from God. We, we God does not owe us a single thing. No. We owe everything to Him. So don't be a prideful little effeminate slug. I'm just kidding. Don't be a little, <laughs> don't don't be an unthankful, you know, prideful guy. Just you gotta be humble. God does not owe us anything. Yeah. Well, yeah. So and we he, have to look, be in he, that humble he's, spirit. He's give he's giving us answers to our prayers. He doesn't even need to give us answers. He could like he doesn't need to give us anything. All of this is literally just a huge bonus. Little like a, a huge bonus, so yeah. big a bonus that we don't even realize it. Obviously, we need things. God knows that we need things. Yeah, that's why He does answer us. But we gotta be humble. We gotta be very humble. Now, the fourth one, contrition, for the fourth end, contrition. As all as Christians, we must be um, sorry for our sins. We go back to God constantly when we fall into sin. We come back to God when we. You know, because there are times when we we go for a long time, um, you know, in sin. But we, what, God will always forgive us for for everything, and it's very important to ask for contrition. In fact, today we're gonna go to confession. Yeah. Um, yeah. After this podcast, we're gonna go to confession, and we're gonna ask God for all the sins we've committed throughout this week. I, I recommend you guys to go once a week if you're able to. There, I know there's some places that are closed right now. But um, but we, we try it once a week. But, Just to clarify, the church only um, obligates us to go once a year around Easter time to confession. But um, us as humans, we constantly fall into sin. Yeah, you know, unless we're like a, a saint or something. Even saints would go very often to confession. Yeah. I'm not saying to go every day or every ten minutes or whatever. No, because the church, you know, they obligate us to go once a year. Around, around Easter time, but they recommend once a month. But I'm recommending to you once a week. Once a week, because we, as humans, we have a human fallen nature. And we need to go to confession a lot. And not to say that we go with presumption. Presumption is the is when we do a sin, because we're like, ah, I'm just going to go to confession right after I do this sin anyway. Yeah. So, no, yeah. that's really bad. That's And well, that's another sin added to it so that's not good that's that's bad it's really bad thinking so so yeah contrition the fourth end of prayer 
Very important. In fact, you know, when we're in mortal sin, the only grace that we can get is contrition. Yeah. I mean, is um, yeah, contrition for our sins, sorrow for our sins, because when we're out of the grace of Christ, we can't receive anything else. That's why confession is a sacrament of the dead, as in dead in our soul. Because yeah, when I you would... are in mortal sin, your soul is dead. I would... It is chopped off from the... From the grace of Christ, from the from His body, now we become enemies when we're in mortal sin. That's why we must always go back to God. So yeah, just remember, A C T S, adoration, we, we, contrition, thanksgiving, supplication. Remember, <laughs> supplication is petition. Number three, conditions for and obstacles to prayer. Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraphs two seven two nine to two seven four one. Before speaking of the particular challenges to prayer, we should bear in mind that there are several conditions for a successful Christian prayer life. These conditions are so fundamental that our growth in prayer will be limited limited to the extent that they are lacking. The first requisite for a Christian life of prayer is a life in, in harmony with the gospel. We must always keep in mind that the spiritual life is our relationship with the personal God. If we are living in a way that is very displeasing to God, we cannot expect our relationship of prayer to be very deep. Many deceive themselves thinking that their actions are distinct from their prayer life, but our Lord is very clear about the harmony between our lives and our prayer when he says, for example, in the Gospel of Matthew, quote, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remembers that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to him, then come and offer your gift. Ma Matthew 5, chapter 5, uh, verse 23 to 24. Okay, so before we can even start talking about the different obstacles of prayer, the biggest, I guess, obstacle or requirement needed for prayer to even be valid or to be personal is if we live according to the, to the gospel, according to, to the, the, Catholic, the teachings of the Catholic Church. That's the only way, because if we're not inside that grace, then how do we expect to be personal with God if we're enemies with God? Yeah. If we're living a, a life of parting, a mortal sin of, you know, and if we, you know, we think certain things like abortion is okay, or we think, you know, things like that, then how can we expect us ourselves to be personal with God, have a relationship if we're not living the way that God wants us to? So that's the biggest thing that we got to keep in mind. Okay, so so remember, I'm recording the reading. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. What it's pretty much saying is that, like, because some people, I guess back then, the Jewish times, you know, um, the times of Jesus, people would go to the altar and offer a gift to God, like a pigeon or a, uh, a, a pig or, or a sheep or whatever. Yeah. And, but he's saying right here, so if you are bringing your offering, your gift to the altar of the Lord, but then you remember, not really remember, but you have, you're not living a good life. You're not, um, you know, you made an offense to somebody or you did something like that. Then he's saying, go back, be reconciled with with that person or that thing that you did, and then come back and offer it to God. So what it's pretty much saying is that if we're not living according to God's word, if we're, we're not living a moral life, if we're not doing things right according to the gospel, then God will not listen. He will not see our offering or our sacrifice or our gift. as It won't be pleasing to him. So that's why he says, go and be reconciled with them. So us. Go, start changing your life. Start changing your life. And then come back. And you could start, you know, you pray. You live your life in a, a life of prayer and a life of penance. Yeah. And then you could come offer it. So that's what Jesus is pretty much saying in Matthew chapter 5. Another condition for a deep life of prayer is detachment from creatures and from self. The human soul is like an empty vessel which is capable of being filled with God. But so, so often, 
we prefer to fill our, our soul with God's creatures, which compared with their creator are tiny, perishing, and corruptible. And at the root of this tendency to prefer creatures to God is this love of self before the love of God. Yet God says of himself, I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. Exodus chapter 20, verse 5, meaning that God would not be content to take second or third place in our hearts, since he deserves all of our love. Therefore, if we wish to make our hearts worthy of the presence of God, we must empty our souls every, of everything that is not of God. This means that we have to have a real life of prayer and must also be a practicing penance, which as we have seen in the pre previous lesson, will purify us from self-love and attachment to God's creatures. Yeah, so, so well, yeah, exactly. So what it's saying is that um, we should um, empty ourselves like um what is it like detach yourself detach detach or empty ourselves of all of things that are not god and and like we okay it's not like we're gonna have a whole bunch of stuff and then god's there in just one third or set or half of the heart we need to put him in one whole of the heart you mean like have god as our center of our life yeah not center. not have him like like a third or second priority. Yeah. No, no, no. It's like top, top dog up there. And he's supposed to be in the center of your life. Every Christian must have God at the at the center of their life. Or else, what are you? Yeah. Well, yeah. Only the saints who put God at the center of their lives. The saints are the only ones that went to heaven, right? That's why they're called saints. Pe saints are people who went to God to heaven. So... As Christians, we want to make it to heaven, right? Yeah. We, of course, want to make it. That's our end. We want to make it to heaven. So we must have God at the center of our hearts, of our very being, to reach heaven. Or else, like, what's the point of us even being Catholic or calling ourselves Catholic? So remember, we got to worship God, not his creatures. Finally... One of the great obstacles to prayer in our times is the overstimulation of our senses. We are overwhelmed today with information and entertainment. People are never without their cell phones in hand. Young people are constantly plugged into music, and families are divided by a computer as each member spends time alone on the internet. The effect of the old, this overwhelming bombardment of stimulation is, first, that our minds are never still, and second, they are unaccustomed to exert themselves in a sustained exercise like prayer. In short, prayer is boring to mind used to so used to so much passive stimulation. Like uh, the mind, like um, like I said, to, with today's technology and internet, the mind is so used to looking at YouTube videos like um, complete access Disney Plus or whatever, just looking and videos, having everything instantly, instantly, just right there. We, our minds are so used to it, that's the reason why prayer seems so boring to us. Because yeah, we can never stay still. Yeah, because we gotta be we're moving. so used to have something something different. Like on, especially like on Instagram or YouTube, you scroll. Oh, really fast? Scroll. Something scroll, different. Scroll, scroll. And it's always something different. Or something similar, but it's like a different person or different thing, you know? And since it's instant, instant, instant music, instant videos, instant articles instant news instant whatever that that's why peep young people think yeah you know, see a prayer as super super boring because they're just there for like 20 minutes 20 minutes <laughs> yeah and so that's why parents i urge you when your children are young teach them to moderate so i'm not saying like those some people like they go crazy they're like no technology yeah, like, no... No, you know, everything's no, bad. Like, everything's... No, I'm not saying that. Because how are they... If children, once they grow older, you know, you're not in charge of them, then they're like, dude, this is awesome. Like, if you never showed them internet or whatever, this they, is awesome. And then they just go crazy with yeah, it. They, yeah, they go crazy. Because, like, when, when one's, like, new to the internet and everything, you finally get to play video games... You finally get to see what's out there. Or like you, you go, I, you just go full speed. You go I don't know full if this blast. Ever happened to you? Like if you get a new laptop or a new phone, you're like, oh, this is so awesome. And then you're like there for a long, long time, and you feel super good. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. But, so, but, yeah. but the thing is that when you teach them moderation, as in they are still being able to play, they are able to watch TV, they are able to do certain things. But once you teach them, look, you can have these things, but you got to learn how to moderate it. So you moderate them, you give them a time limit. Each child so, is different. They have their different things. Some people are, some children are more uh, attached to it. Some people, some kids, you know, they won't even touch the controller, even if you give it to them all day long or whatever. You know, it just depends on each child. We have to teach them how to moderate. So, like, well, yeah, moderate. Like, for example, um, like what? Maybe play for, I don't know. An hour at well, least, or well, just thirty the, minutes. It just even. depends on each parent. Every family is different. There, because I, I hear a lot of people. They're like, every family must play two, you know, twenty minutes, every year. Or <laughs> I don't know what the heck. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's like. It weird. just depends on each family, but obviously you can understand. Oh, if your if your kid is playing ten hours a day, <laughs> obviously that's not good. You know. No. That's not good. You we we can see we can use our natural reason. It's a brand new thing. <laughs> we can use our natural reason to see. Like a okay, look, new thing in this world. This is probably too much. Maybe we can put it lower. It depends on each family. You know, each family is different. Each child is different. Anyways, continuing. The remedy for this condition is simple: to cleanse our minds from all the interference that prevents our minds from praying. This means self-discipline in regard to the use of media and entertainment. In fact, as we grow in intimacy, intimacy with God, we will naturally turn away from such pastimes as we recognize them for what they are, wastes of time that keep us from prayer. Distractions. Distractions are unwanted thoughts that occur during prayer and that draw our attention away from God. This is the most common pe problem facing anyone who attempts to pray. And it can be, for many people, a cause for abandoning prayer altogether, but it need not be. In general... Distractions are not deliberate. We would prefer to be able to concentrate exclusively on our conversation with God. And God, who knows our weakness, understands us and does not desire us to be upset by these unintentional interruptions. Rather, he asks us, once we have become aware that we are losing our focus and our, on our conversation with him, to calmly bring our, backs, our thoughts back to him. Like, for example, like, some, some, suddenly your mind goes off to think about Minecraft or Fortnite or something. You're thinking about, oh, what if I build this house, this house. You're lost in thought, and then you're just like, oh, wait a minute. I'm supposed to be praying. And then you shift your mind to God. I'm supposed to be focusing on God, how he died on the cross, on how the saints did all this, all this stuff for him, for him alone. And, yeah, well, yeah, exa that's exactly what it's saying. Well, yeah, because we'll show our devotion to God. Because obviously, as humans, we always get distracted, and yeah. at certain there are different times in our spiritual life we become more distracted um, for certain things, and there there are times where we become distracted. So instead of continuing in that distraction, once we become aware, because obviously sometimes we don't become aware that we're even distracted. Yeah. Then we stop, and we we stop that. We try our best to keep on thinking about God. And when we have distractions, but we're trying our best, we're you know we're trying to, you know we're trying our best to be devote to our devoted to our prayer, then we'll gain even more merit. We'll gain even more merit, because, you know, we're trying our best to try to get our thoughts back to Him. Yeah. So we we can also compare our distractions to flies that sometimes annoy us when we pray. If we attempt to catch them, we will end up forgetting about our prayer altogether in order to devote our attention to the flies. If we simply do our best to ignore them, they eventually leave on their own. This The same is true of distractions. If we become des exasperated by them, thinking perhaps that they make our prayer unacceptable to God, then we allow them to take our minds off our prayer completely. Instead, we should return to our prayer in peace. We may have to do this many, many times during our time of prayer, but this struggle to remain in God's presence is a sign that we desire to love God above the other thoughts and temptations that peep for our notice. In this way, the struggle with distractions can even be meritorious in God's sight. Like I said, it will yeah. bring us even more merit since we are trying. Since, since even though the other distractions and thoughts are competing with God, we're going with God. You yeah. know? Cause, yeah, we're choosing cause, God over these other thoughts that are trying to compete over our attention. 
Well, yeah, exactly. That's why it's more merit because, because it's more merit because it's a struggle. Because if you don't have any um, distractions, it's not a struggle. You can play with God just fine. That's good. Yeah, but it's even better. It, it's even better when you're struggling and you're trying. Although, no matter, like you know. Although I, I do like it when there's no distractions. Yeah, me too. <laughs> when, when you feel that, obviously the f- constellations can help. But it's like you know, it's, it's like, like it's like a making the wait, best out of a bad situation. It's like a workout, like yeah. lifting weights. Okay, that struggle. It can also be the same thing with sin in our spiritual life. Once we have that that tension, so the tension would be the weight, that struggle. So we lift. Without <laughs> that tension, there can be no gaining of muscle. You know, no. There won't, the muscle mass won't grow anymore because there's no tension. Cause, yeah, exactly. Cause it, it's only like, through that tension, through the struggle of going, being more with God, that we gain more merit, more grace. Like, so it, it's sort of the same way. It's a spiritual workout. That's what it is. You know, combating sin, combating with distractions, even though they're not sins in themselves, could is a spiritual workout. Yeah. Struggling with them. Another obstacle to prayer is okay. dryness. Dryness is the absence of the feeling of devotion and prayer. When one is <clears throat> afflicted with dryness, he seems to have no desire for God or the things of God. This is particularly troubling for those who are sincerely dedicated to the spiritual life because they seem to have no love for God in their hearts. And prayer, which formerly gave them strength and consolation, now leaves them with no feelings at all. They may even mistake this new experience of dryness as a sign that God has abandoned them. So there are several causes of dryness. One of the main causes of our atta- is our attachment to things of the world. Yeah. Which makes the time we spend in prayer seem an unbearable burden. If we would prefer to play to be playing sports, watching television, or even doing some productive work, rather than spending time with God in silence, it is a sign that our hearts have not yet learned to love God above all things. It may also be the co- the case that dryness is given by God precisely to purify us from attachment to feelings of devotion and consolation. In prayer, in prayer, in order that we may not seek the consolation of God, but rather the God of consolation. So, remember, devotion, that's why I said feelings of devotion. So, devotion is not a feeling, but it can become a, God can give us a consolation of feeling. And that's why sometimes we mistake devotion for feelings, yeah. sometimes. But devotion is really, well, we know that God, we acknowledge God as the creator of all mankind, and we want to give him our, our all. Yeah, yeah. So this so, that's just one. Cause wait, okay. one a cause is that either we, we we might be too attached to things, and God wants us to learn that to be with God is is not about feelings. Yeah, it's about getting closer to Him. So He takes away the feeling, the feeling or the consolation, so that we become detached from it and be and start becoming more devout and de- devoted to God. Look, don't get me wrong. Feelings can be used as a good thing, but sometimes feelings can blind us. Like you know how you usually what you most of what you smell you mistake for um, taste. It's sort of like that. Most of what you feel you mistake for the actual thing. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Whatever the cause, remedy is always the same. We must not give in to the temptation to abandon prayer, even in the worst moments of dryness. We need to bear in mind with great faith. That our duty towards God, we need to bear in mind with great faith that our duty towards God is not to feel emotions of love or devotion, but rather to serve God in our intentions and our actions. Bear in mind the saying of our Lord, quote, Whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me. John chapter 14, verse 21. This understanding frees one from the independence on feelings which are unreliable beyond a direct control, and places the emphasis on what we can control, namely our actions. So, <clears throat> like it says here, we must not give in to temptation to abandon prayer, even in the worst moments of dryness. Like, if you feel, just just feel like you don't feel anything. It's on, and honestly, that's what it is. You don't yeah, feel anything. And I think that's a big um, problem with a lot of youth groups. Is that they pay attention to the feeling. Yeah, oh, like... Okay, how do you feel? How, how do you feel? Do you feel your relationship with God growing? How do you feel? No. You know, whatever. No, it's, it's not... It's not... That, that's why I feel... Uh, youth groups, that's what they have. That's a big problem. So that's why I recommend going to a confraternity 
or a, a brotherhood, like I'm I'm in a brotherhood, the Brotherhood of Penitence of St. Dismas. I go to the Spanish chapter, and right there we have um, some youth, kids under 18, like me, and we, we talk in English right there. We, we yeah. talk. Um, if you want to, if you're in Anaheim around here and you want to go to that, um, then you should ju just you contact should me, my email. I'll put it, you know, I'll put it in the description. If you want to contact me for to go to Anaheim chapter, a Brotherhood of Penitence, St. Dismas, I'll put in the link for my, I mean, sorry, I put my email in the description. So just email me there and then I'll, I'll contact you. But yeah, that, because it's not about our feelings and, and kids now these, uh, nowadays, I mean, that's all it's about. It's just about feelings. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to get married just because I don't feel like it. You know, I don't feel yeah. like, I don't know. You know, I don't feel, I don't feel, feel, feel. I don't feel like this is the right thing for me. I don't feel this or that, you know? Instead of having a youth group where it's boys, girls, whatever, of, you know, ages, teenage ages, go to a man's group to learn true manhood. People who, men who could challenge you to be stronger, physically, mentally, and spiritually. Go to a group like that, man. I mean, if you're not, if you're not near me or anything like that, but you want to go to a group, make one. You know, make one. Make one. Make a group. But like, but make it good, make it manly. Good. And and if you're, you know, a lady, you want to, there's also a confraternity. Uh, For like sisterhoods. There, there's a sisterhood of Our Lady of Sorrows um, that we have here and in Spanish, though. And, you know, if anybody in Spanish wants to go to a sisterhood, I could direct you wherever. You know, if you're here around Anaheim, California, or Orange County. Anyways, so... Go to a group like that. People who will teach you. People who will sharpen you. You know? Yeah. Make you better physically, mentally, spiritually. Continuing. And so when we are afflicted by dryness, we continue to pray and to meditate each day without altering our customs. In the least, motivated not by a desire to feel the sweetness of prayer, but rather by the determination to serve God for the sake of serving Him. Prayer is much purer when it comes from the heart. That from a heart that is detached from sensible devotion. Because where, where formerly one used to pray because prayer was comforting, that is for one's own pleasure. Now that dryness... No, oh, sorry. Now the, the, now the dryness has robbed one of that comfort. One prays for no other reason than that is pleasing to God. As with distractions, so too dryness in prayer can even be, make our prayers even more meritorious. So again... Their struggle, tension, more spiritual muscle. So yeah, remember, don't when you feel dryness, don't change your prayer schedule or whatever you have. Don't change your your no. prayer life. No, no, keep going. Keep That's going. important. Keep going. Same, same, same. Because God, He get that's a challenge for us. He gives us and you know a challenge which at the end will give us more grace. The more merits, more m more than we had before the challenge. So yeah, don't don't pay attention to your feelings, people. Sometimes people like feelings of constellations, um, can bring you comfort or whatever. If you want to listen more about constellations and desolations, you could go to what was it, episode six? Um, not episode five of the Koji podcast. Where I explain it um, a little bit more in depth. And so, yeah. So it will be, make our prayers more meritorious, but we just got to keep on going. Keep on going, not paying attention to the feelings. Lack of confidence in prayer. As the catechism paragraph, quote, The most common yet most hidden temptation is our lack of faith. End quote. This is especially evident in the tendency almost all Christians have from time to time, to doubt that their prayers are heard or that they have any effect. In other words, Christians ask themselves, does God really hear my prayers? Th this temptation to doubt the effect of prayer can, can and may lead to abandon prayer altogether. Again, the Catechism helps us to put things into perspective. Quote, when we praise God for or give Him thanks for His benefits in general, we are not particularly concerned whether or not our prayer is acceptable to him. On the other hand, we demand to see the results of our pe pe petitions. What is the image of God that motivates our prayer, an instrument to be used, or the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ? 
Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 2735, end quote. So, that's what it says. So, this is another obstacle to prayer. The third obstacle, lack of confidence in prayer, lack of faith. So, we need to, we understand, look, God hears our prayers. He does hear our prayers. And, like I've already discussed before, He answers us in different ways. And... But the thing is that we got to understand, like I said before, too, God owes us nothing in the first place. Yeah. Because a lot of people start doubting if God exists because they don't feel, they don't feel that God is answering the prayers. Again, they're listening to their feelings. But God does not owe us anything. God does hear our prayers. He is so generous, so merciful that he does hear our prayers. And he does answer our prayers. He answers us in different ways. The first error that may that we may make in prayer, the first error that they make in in prayer is their attitude. When yeah. we are subject to doubt that God hears and answers our prayers, let us ask ourselves whether we are praying to God with the respect that is due to Him. Do we pray humbly, recognizing that He owes us nothing, or are we and that we are sinners who do not deserve His kindness? Is our prayer more a demand that we do that He do our will, or that we do His? So. Humble. Humility, humility, humility. That's so important. Yeah. Second, we must consider the object of our request. Is what we ask of God in harmony with His will? Or is our request for something that would be harmful to us and perhaps even offensive to God? St. James tells the Christian of his time, quote, You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. To spend it on your passions. Okay. James chapter 4, verse 3. End quote. This is the most important point to keep in mind when you you ask any when we ask anything of our heavenly Father. We cannot know for sure whether our request is for our spiritual good and the glory of God. Even our Lord, when he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, finished his petition saying, "Not my will, but yours be done." This is the way we must always conclude our prayers, accepting humbly the decisions of our good God. Trusting completely that he knows better than what we do, what we need. Because God knows everything. He knows the future, bro. So yeah, God knows everything. He knows everything about us. If we only saw things the way that God saw it, we'd be laughing at ourselves. We need to understand that. So sometimes God will answer us with a no. Because it's not, it's just, it's bad for us. Or it's just not in his will. He He does not, he doesn't think that this will help us. Or maybe it might even you know drag, drag us away if he gives it to us. Second of all, I mean third of all, he might say yes, but maybe not yet. Or it's yes, and he'll give it to you right away. It's just different each yeah, time. It's different because God sees things way differently than us. He knows our intentions. He knows everything we're gonna do. Cause did you did you know like as a fun fact that God sees all of history, all of time in one single moment, just like that. Yeah. One so moment. everything is present for God. So he could see it. He knows what's going to happen, you know? So, questions for review. So I'll answer one, you answer one, you know? Okay. So, so define prayer according to the saints, Joshua. So prayer according to the saints. Um. Okay, so what, what they said prayer was is communication and conversation with God. Lifting our hearts and minds to God in, in conversation. Number two, what are some mistaken notions of prayer? Some mistaken notions of prayer is that it is just for self-help or self, I don't know, make yourself more positive, more, you know, more peaceful, more this or that, or, or that prayer or meditation is just, you know, becoming detached from all things, you know, just becoming one with the universe or whatever. But really, in reality, prayer is like you said, the lifting of our minds and hearts to God in conversation. Obviously, when we co- obviously with that will come some peace. You know, but that's not the main thing. That's the thing, and it's not like the Hindus or the Buddhists where we're just there for thirty minutes a day, like um, like just thinking of nothing. You know, no, right here we're thinking of God and of holy things. So. Number three, Joshua. What are the four ends of prayer? 
before it ends a prayer, a good way to remember them is like, you know, A-C-T-S. An acronym. Um, acronyms, yeah. Adoration, contrition, thanksgiving, or supplication, and or petition. Number four, what is the best way to deal with distractions in prayer? The best way to deal with distractions is that once you become aware of it, of that distraction in your prayer, then you go back. You go back to your prayer. You realize, okay, I'm, I'm just thinking of other things now. I, I'll go back to God. So that's the best way. Number five. Are you? Number five. Give two reasons why God sometimes does not ask, grants us what we ask. So just two reasons. Two reasons. So either, either because He sees that it's not healthy, not the best thing to do for us, or that it may be offensive to God. Yeah. So those are the two reasons, and those are the five questions. So that's it for this podcast. So if you think that these this is very useful information, uh, just saying, yeah, I did not. I'm not getting this information from myself. I'm actually getting this from a Norbertine priest, Father Adrian, which I might interview in the future. I don't know. Competent if you want me to interview him in the future. Great priest. Very great priest doing the work of God. And I got these talks from him because he started the Brotherhood of Penitents of St. Dismas. Remember? uh, Email in the description if you want to get in contact for that. But it's in Spanish. It's a Spanish group. so. So, yeah. Very good priest. This is what I'm getting the information from. So go, you know, share it. Um, this is very useful information. If you think it's inf- useful information, share it to your friends. So remember, yeah. hey, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. All three right there. No excuses. So please share. Let's get this this podcast um let's get this podcast more more known. Let's build up this this community. Um you know, in conformity with the Christ, with the Catholic Church teaching, and you know, thank you for watching. And God bless. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Um, and yeah, please help this podcast grow. Thank you for watching. God bless. God bless. God bless. God bless.